You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And for those wondering, that still has not gotten old even a little bit for me. Happy Tuesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all of my written work. Hope everybody had a, as good a Monday as you can, really. You know how it is sometimes. But today we'll be taking a look at the Florida Gators that haven't been signed yet after the NFL draft. Some early NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year odds involving Florida Gators. And we'll recap the Florida Gators baseball series against Vanderbilt. Also, thank you to the people who left a review. Please do continue to do so or reach out to me in some way so that I can work to make this the best Gators podcast around. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Lockdown Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. Join Lockdown NFL draft hosts Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak for recaps and analysis of the 2021 NFL Draft and a look ahead at next year's future first-round picks. Follow the Lockdown NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts and also really be sure to check that out because there may or may not be some Gators in the future first round pick discussion. First up, we're going to take a look at undrafted free agent Florida Gators. Of course, I'm going to bring up first and foremost, Brett Diogardi, the long snapper, who was, of course, friend of the pod. And He's actually really good. I know a lot of people are like, okay, how hard can long snapping be? How, can you be a good long snapper in the NFL or a bad long snapper prospect? Um, yes, you can. We saw, I believe it was two long snappers drafted this year in Cameron Cheeseman and Thomas Fletcher. Uh, great names, by the way. And if you haven't seen Thomas Fletcher's uh, draft call with Carolina head coach Matt Rule, I, I highly recommend watching that. It was really awesome. But not safe for work. So there's that. He hasn't been signed yet, but day three of the NFL draft is very special teams heavy. And I do feel like once these teams get in person and working out, some of them might be looking for some replacements on special teams or at least some upgrades. So Brett Diagardi could be getting the call then. It's one of those things where special teamers, especially, they may not always get the call immediately. But just hold out faith and hope that it will come to you. Next up is defensive tackle Kyrie Campbell. Uh, I'll go ahead and say that there were three of these UDFAs that should have gone back to school. I understand that every one of these undrafted free agents were seniors, but NCAA made a rule where you can come back to school for another year. Everybody got an additional year of eligibility due to COVID ravishing the country and demolishing us, at least <laughs> demolishing the chance that we get to see a fantastic college football season. It was still good, but it could have been better. So next up is Kyrie Campbell, who is one of those guys who I think should have gone back to school. 
two and a half tackles for a loss, one and a half sacks this year in his senior year. I haven't even heard of an NFL team really showing interest in him to this point. He should have gone back, although he's one of the top guys in this list that at least had a reason to come out. Uh, he, he had flashes, but nothing really consistent. He never put together any consistent tape to show that he belonged in the NFL, which is why I think it was a poor choice. But a lot of guys are like, hey, I don't want to go to college for another year. Um, some guys have families that they're like hey my family needs money so i've got to at least give it a shot to the nfl right now uh we've seen that happen with florida gators in the past as well so you know it it, it, we never really know why guys come out Kyrie campbell is one of the guys that he came out but if he didn't have anything really pushing him out if it was just like i think i'm good enough for the nfl he should have gone back Next up is defensive tackle Marlon Dunlap Jr., who, of course, started his college career at North Carolina before transferring to Florida. Um, this one is so so frustrating, and I just, I really, I don't get this one at all. Uh, Marlon Dunlap Jr. had just nine tackles this year. Uh, it, it's it's mind-boggling to me that someone could be as, as unproductive as he was and think, I got it. Um, <laughs> so he's another guy. I have not heard his name. I have not heard any whispers or murmurs of him possibly having a shot at the NFL. He might just be one of those guys that your goose is cooked. Um, it, it's over for him. I, I hate saying that, and I hate being the bearer of bad news. But, I mean, someone has to be right. And really, it was a poor decision, again, unless he had something that was forcing him out. Next up is Nick Ulrich, who's a defensive back, utility kind of guy on defense, kind of versatile piece. But little to no playing time. He had two tackles in his senior year. He's just not someone who saw the field very often. I tried watching tape on him. There wasn't much to be had. So it, it's very confusing to me for why he would think he was ready for the NFL. Um, again, unless he had a reason where he had to come out. I think it was a poor decision, and I, I hate being the guy that says that, but we're going to be honest here, okay? I'm not just going to sugarcoat everything just because it's Florida Gators. Finally, I'm going to end on this pot. I started on a positive note. I'm going to end on a positive note. Defensive back Brad Stewart, safety, really. He had 42 tackles this year, two tackles for a loss, one sack, three passes defended, and one forced fumble in this year. He was his senior year. On tape, he was one of those guys who he's not great at anything, but he's also not terrible at anything. So I thought that he would have been one of the earlier UDFA guys signed, at least from Florida, uh, just as someone who can maybe contribute on special teams and be just a pure depth piece. So Brad Stewart, Brett Diagardi are two guys who I really think that eventually – They'll hear their name, their name called. I apologize. You can hear the rain in the background, but rain's coming down hard right now. Um, but Brett Diagardi, long snapper from Florida, and safety Brad Stewart from Florida are two guys who really I do I am pretty optimistic about them getting the call and then getting and then them getting an opportunity at the NFL level. And we're gonna keep holding out hope. Again, this is gonna be a weird off season, so we never know when people are gonna get signed. You never know where you're going to find a diamond in the rough.
1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly, sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, coming up this week, by the way, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and it's fairly priced, so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. The ring from Platt Boutique is amazing. It's so simple and clean, but the vintage details are just incredible. It's the perfect little ring that's so timeless and would make the perfect gift for my girlfriend, at least. I know that. <laughs> if you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long. So find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 spell it out, T-E-N by T-E-N, only at BlueNile.com. Taking a look at Offensive Rookie of the Year candidates from the Florida Gators, or at least early Offensive Rookie of the Year candidates, Kyle Pitts shows up on this list with plus 1,200 odds. That's middle of the pack-ish. Uh, he plays a very difficult position to win any awards really just because of how unproductive it tends to be also keep in mind that rookie tight ends are the least productive producers i guess uh least productive playmakers on a roster so kyle pitts early knocked down there although he is so much more than just a tight end we talk about this all the time um and i mean for him one of the reasons that I wouldn't take this bet personally is just because as of right now, Calvin Ridley's on the roster, Julio Jones is on the roster, Hayden Hurst is on the roster. It's just there's a lot of guys that are waiting and hungry for the ball. There's a lot of mouths to feed, basically. And so for him, it's like, I I think he can do it, but I, I, I don't have any faith, really. <laughs> in that happening and that's not to say he won't be awesome it's just a matter of i don't know if he'll be able to produce more than guys like receivers or quarterbacks to really justify him winning the offensive rookie of the year award this year and i mean speaking of offensive weapons really <laughs> Kadarius tony is plus four thousand odds uh which is a lot um I do have all the faith that Kadarius Tony will be productive with the New York Giants. Like I, I spoke about this on tomorrow's episode of New York, of Locked On uh, Giants, where Patricia and I speak about. Which, by the way, check it out. Awesome episode. Um, Patricia and I speak about Kadarius Tony and how he can be productive in this offense. Of course, Giants fans are like, "Will Jason Garrett use him properly?" The answer to me is yes, I have full faith in that. That's not something I'm concerned about at all. I do think that Kadarius Tony has the distinct advantage of maybe not really playing running back, but getting those carries and again producing reception-wise. I do think he'll be a big playmaker in the passing game. Maybe not early on, but over the season. Um, hopefully he'll at least get some of those manufactured touches that we've seen him get a ton of with the Gators before this year and even during this year, but before this year, that's kind of what all he did. Um, 
and I think that could be what, how we see him used with the Giants as well. They've got kind of they've got a decent number of guys that could play slot receiver right now, and Kadarius Tony's one of them, of course. But Sterling Shepard's been there longer, so I could see them kind of ease out of the Sterling Shepard era and really put Kadarius Tony out on the field more often, especially as the year goes on. So he could definitely contribute there and produce there. And so, again, I wouldn't take these odds. But I'm not confident in saying he won't win it, similar to Kyle Pitts. So, I mean, again, it's probably going to go to a quarterback, but we never really know. And I was going to do this strictly as like a fun little experiment. But when I opened Bet Online, I actually saw Kyle Trask's name on the list. He's also at plus 4,000 odds, so the same odds as Kadarius Tony, which to me is also absolutely bonkers. I, I think it's just very clear that <laughs> those two guys are not expected to produce at the same level this year. Um, Kyle Trask isn't expected to produce at all. But yeah, like I said, I was going to do this just for just for fun, just for shiggles, and it, it was very weird to me. Um to see Kyle Trask here, it actually made me laugh a bit that he was up here, just given that he's, of course, backing up the greatest quarterback of all time. Whether you want to argue it or not, argue with your cat, argue with your dog, argue, argue with the wall for all I care. Greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. Uh, Kyle Trask is backing him up and he's learning, and maybe he'll get like a most improved kind of award, even though they don't have that in the NFL. Um, next year, but... This year, it was just funny to me. It's obviously do not bet on Kyle Trask being the offensive rookie of the year. I think this is more just like a what if thing um, that people want to see quarterbacks up here and maybe bet online. It's like, what are the odds that he some something happens to Brady? Because we all know, and if you don't know, the story of Tom Brady is that Tom Brady was a backup, starter got injured, and then Tom Brady became tom brady um so maybe i don't know maybe people are hoping that or not hoping but predicting that it'll be same thing with kyle trask that he'll get basically tom brady there um but i definitely would not take those odds i think those are silly but i also think that they're really fun to talk about if i had to pick one of these odds to take so again it's kyle pitts at plus 1200 Kadarius Tony at plus 4,000, and Kyle Trask at plus 4,000. So, I mean, <laughs> if I'm forced to take one, first off, I'm going to be a very upset individual if someone's forcing me into making this bet because I don't necessarily have faith that it will happen for either of these guys. But I think I'd... <laughs> So this is where the the bias in me is coming out as a Giants fan that I want to say Kadarius Tony. Um, I, I'll say Kyle Pitts, just because again the the Giants bias in me wants to say Kadarius Tony wants to say he'll be productive early on, but I'm not super confident in that. At least when we take a look at you know Kyle Trask not going to start, Kadarius Tony even if he does start, a lot of mouths to feed in that offense, um, an offense that just simply wasn't super productive last year and might not be this year especially i mean they added kenny galladay so that's just another guy to get the ball to and then i'm looking at kyle pitts and i'm like there's a reason that he was a tight end drafted fourth overall he's a freak athlete he's a fantastic playmaker he's already one of the strongest players 
in traffic that I've ever seen. And I'm going to hold out hope that defenses are focused on Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, guys that are proven established veterans and are going to make you pay. And that Kyle Pitts can kind of sneak open just, just enough to get those yards, catches, touchdowns, everything that he'll need to win offensive rookie of the year. So I'm if I have to take one of these guys, I'm taking Kyle Pitts, and that is the smart decision. I mean, there's a reason that he's got better odds, obviously. He's more likely to do it as much as my heart is like, pick a Darius Tony, and as much as my brain is just like, Kyle Trask would be fun and insane, and it would be an awesome story to tell if he actually won it. But I'm taking the smart bet here. I'm going Kyle Pitts plus 1200 trying to figure out what to do with your stimulus check and or your tax return visit rockauto.com for all of your car parts needs the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate i don't have a car i've said this many times but i wanted to get familiar with the website and i was shocked at how smooth the experience was i even went back the other day I still don't have a car, but I still went back. Whether it's brake pads, taillights, or you just want to add hydraulics to your whip, why not? You might as well. You got the money now, right? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know exactly who sent you the last segment had the most recent odds from bet online don't forget that bet online even covers award shows tv shows and reality tv with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine and i do mean anything it's the best way to place your bets and it's 100 free to sign up Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Seriously, I cannot, I cannot endorse this site enough. I was super excited when I got to Lockdown 2 and talk about Bet Online because I've been using it for years now and they have taken so much of my money. They've also made me a lot of money. Uh, thank you, Tory Smith, having more receptions than Brandon Cooks in the Super Bowl. Thank you very much. But Bet Online, they are your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for your 50% welcome bonus. And now finally, for the first time in a long time, we're talking about something that's not football on the Lockdown Yaters podcast. So for those of you who aren't super into football, but have still been coming back, thank you for sticking with me. And for those of you who are into baseball, here we go. It's time to get back into it. Of course, looking at the first game of the series this past weekend, the Florida Gators played against the Vanderbilt Commodores. And Vanderbilt won game one with Kumar Rocker improving his record to 10-1. and as Franco Aleman dropped to 1-2, and two, and of course that was super disappointing for us. The Florida Gators had no problem producing runs throughout the game, but they also gave up runs like they were in like they were in the bench warmers. It was just laughable and comical. It was just it was nuts. Uh they just couldn't do anything. My little cousin's T-ball team probably could have put up some point, some runs against him. It was, it was wild. The second game of the series was easily 
my favorite of the series. Of course, in the second game, the Gators faced off against Jack Leiter, whose dad, Al Leiter, played for my favorite Major League Baseball team, the New York Mets. This was the game where I was like, all right, hey, no matter what happens the rest of the series, I want us to beat Al Leiter's kid. Like, I, I, I wanted him to walk away with another L added onto his record. Of course, that came to fruition when Jack gave up five earned runs in four innings, seven runs total. Then, when Jack Leiter was pulled, the Gators scored another four. So, of course, again, the Gators pitching staff struggled throughout, but eventually Tommy Mace walked away with the W and improved his record on the year to now 5-0, and and of course, Jack Leiter is now 7-2 and on the year. But again, I am just, I'm, I'm genuinely just so happy that the Gators got to beat Al Leiter's kid. I just, and I liked Al Leiter as a Met. I have no problem with him, but, but I wanted that dub. Just gen, from the bottom of my heart, I wanted that dub for the Gators. Then, of course, the rubber match was game three of the series. Hunter Barco got the start for the Gators, and five and a third innings before he got replaced by Christian Scott. Trey Vanderweed and Jack Leftwich, as I guess just everyone was getting involved to put this one away. It was just, why not make it just a complete team effort? But, I mean, it, it, it worked. The Gators finally learned how to play defense in this one as they held the Commodores to just three runs while scoring five for themselves. So, of course, that means Gators in the series 2-1 to one over number two Vanderbilt, which just warms my heart. It really warms my heart that baseball powerhouse Vanderbilt took the L here. Granted, Gators, of course, super high expectations coming into the year, and we would have loved to see them win just a little bit more this year and just put forth a dominant effort the way we know they can. But, I mean, getting hot at the right time, you know, beating number two team in the nation two two games to one is just, that's fantastic. Of course, the offense was the name of the game throughout the series for both of these teams as they... It, it's absolutely absurd, sorry. I just had to collect my thoughts again real quick as they put up a combined 45 runs over the three games. In the wins, Judd Fabian played a huge part in game two as he homered twice. His first one was a three-run homer and his second one was a solo one just because he felt like adding a little extra something-something on it, so why not do it? And in Game 3, Sterling Thompson hit a two-run single in the third inning to put the Gators ahead 4-1, to one, which finally proved to be too much for Vandy. Uh, it's <laughs> Game 3 was the best defensive game that we saw in the series, and I'll say it was fun the first two games, but I like defense. And Game 3, not a great defensive game, but the best one we got to see. Uh, I honestly was expecting Game 2 to just be you know, a pitcher's battle. I was like, oh yeah, one nothing, two nothing, two one, whatever it was gonna be. I mean, my lord, did they put up runs in that one, and that was just freakishly unexpected. Like I said, like I wanted to beat Outlighter's kid, but I thought it was gonna be a close one. Of course, for the rest of the week, the Gators take on Stetson tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern Time before heading to Lexington to take on the Kentucky Wildcats this weekend in a three-game series, uh, which, of course, Gators expected to win that one, but who knows? Who's to say? Again, sorry, 
it's just I can't not make that reference every time that I even think about it. Big John Mulaney fan on this side. Next Tuesday, they take on Stetson again, and then they have Georgia at the end of next weekend, just looking super far in advance. That about does it for today's episode of Locked On Gators. Join me tomorrow as we talk about Gators softball and more. Once again, my name is Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That's W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. Thank you again to anyone who did join us on the Whole Nine Sports draft stream this past weekend. We had over 19 hours of live draft coverage. I got to break some undrafted free agent signings on air, including, I just mentioned Kentucky, Jamar Watson, linebacker, Steelers. Yeah, I got to break that. And we had over 7,000 viewers, which last year we had maybe 700 for the whole weekend. So it was really just fantastic to be a part of. Be sure to check out Locked On Giants, hosted by Patricia Trena, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You'll be able to hear plenty about recently drafted Gator Kadarius Tony throughout the week. And you get to hear me tomorrow for the whole episode with Patricia. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.